So we're doing a two-parter. Part one today, we're talking about tough business decisions for entrepreneurs. Um, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while over the last, I guess, couple of months since we last did a podcast. Mm-hmm. When's the last time we did one? Like, I don't know, October. In the fall. So we went the whole winter. You and I have been having discussions over the last little while where we find ourselves talking about things and we realize we should have the mics in front of us. We're wasting our time. I know. Saying it to each other, we need to record. Yep. But sometimes we need to discuss it first. I know, but then we go on and on and on and then we yeah, find out Yeah, I know. And then it's, you're like, it's good really content. A, <laughs> we should really have a microphone on. So I've broken it down to a couple of points that I guess, especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, taking stock of, of where you are in your, in your business model and how things need to evolve. And for me, because this is something that I've struggled with for the year, especially with the changing dynamics over the last several months on how we've had to shift our business models. And everyone has. Right. And I see things on social media that really kind of just, I know we shouldn't let social media bother us and get to us. But I see people post things and write things on how they feel they need to be helped in certain regard. And I understand certain businesses need help. I get that. Right. But I think at the same token, there are things that they can do themselves to alleviate some of the stresses they're feeling right now. Right. And I thought about that also for my business too. And I've made some changes and these are long overdue changes because I thought to myself, well, if my business is going to grow, I can't do it the way I currently have it. Never. You got to change and you have to evolve if you want your business to change. And then, well, and then I look back and I thought, is this how I ran my business 10 years ago when I first started it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely not. So I made some changes along the way and, and, and I feel like I've been doing this model now for a number of years. And it served me well to a point, and now I feel like I really need to make some decisions regarding clients, with regards to billing, with regards to workflow, and some of them may be unpopular decisions. Right. With some with clients, potential clients, even existing yeah. clients, not all of them, but maybe some. And the one thing I took away from this, and, and you and I talk about this a lot, is saying no. Right. And maybe even being a little bit blunt by saying, sorry, I don't do this anymore. A certain aspect of my business. Right. That sounds a little, I don't want to say self-absorbed, but you know what I mean? It's like. What, like arrogant? Yeah. No, why? Not arrogant, but does it come off negatively? No, I think if you were, I think if you word it properly, because everyone's going to want to take their business in a different direction. But I don't want to tiptoe around the way I word it. I really don't want to tiptoe. I'm a very transparent person. And the way I run my business, I run it with transparency. Right. So, I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's, I'm going to say the elephant in the room. I feel like I've outgrown certain aspects of my business. Right. That I don't, and this is going to sound bad, I don't feel I have the time for anymore. That's right. Because you're, what, you, what you want for your business is different than like what you said 10 years ago. Right. So you are going to evolve and you're not going to just offer something just to make money. Not even to make money though, but is, is that, is like, the, is it worth your time? That's just it. And am I producing with that specific project or client, um, rewarding work? Right. You know, I really don't want to do things anymore that aren't fulfilling. Yep. 
I want to start fulfilling parts of my, my, my creativity that I can look back at and think, I'm glad I produced that. I'm glad I put that together. Yeah. And I think there's a large fragment of, um, my older client base Mm -hmm. that doesn't fulfill that need for me. Right. This is not a money making thing right now. This part of the conversation, this is why I do what I do. I don't have to do this business. Mm -hmm. I'm right. Cause you have a full time job. I'm very content in, in my career. Um, but this gives you an outlet to do more than what you do from your nine to five. Which is true. Which is enjoyable now, for you. It's enjoyable for me. But at that same token, even this last year, I've been afforded a lot of new opportunities. Yes. At my office. Yes. And those have allowed me to do things that I haven't even done in my business. Right. So I'm getting a little bit of everything everywhere. I, I am fulfilled in that regard. But I feel like I can still, like, I'm always looking to do more and do better. And to learn. Yes. Right. And to learn. But I feel like what I'm doing right now, can I handle more than this? Can I handle something that's, and not just more in quantity, but more of a challenge? Right. I don't want to do the same things over and over again. If, if, it's, if it's just to go through the motions, I don't want to do it. Well, no. So. Because you have to enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. I mean, I do enjoy what I'm doing. But no, but I mean like that job. Like you, have, you, you want to do it with pride. You yes. don't want to do it just because you think you're doing a favor. That goes with the first point that, uh, of the notes that I made was recognizing your business model needs to change. And yeah. I think where I'm at right now, so I mean for those who, who know what I do for a living, great. For those who don't know, I work in the advertising business and I have my own business on the side. And I've kind of pivoted from doing things that were a little bit more traditional in the sense of like print and things like that to be more digital centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to get more into, into broadcast production. Right. I, I find I'm just gravitating. It's not even something that I'm, that I aim to do years ago, but I'm gravitating more to that now than ever before. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's fulfilling me doing this podcast is fulfilling to me producing other people's podcasts. Yep. And then somehow convincing my office to do a podcast <laughs> for that agency kind of worked out. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, I, I like that element of broadcast, but now also, you know, video broadcast and, and creating content that way. And that's the part that I guess that I'm struggling with because I don't feel I've ever created um, valuable content in that regard. And that bothers me. But then you have to create your own opportunity. That's just it. And that's what I'm, and th- but that's what's driving all of this, I think, yeah. is that I'm not good with the fact that I have not tapped that yet. Right. That opportunity. Because you're going to have to create that because somebody coming to you might. They're not going to see the value in that right well, away. Well, no, because it's so expensive. It is. It is absolutely expensive. And you can't just pick somebody that has, I feel like it needs to be either for a larger company or somebody that is aspiring to grow their business and sees the value. But I, I find one-off owned like mom and pa kind of stores wouldn't do that. So that's not going to be who you would go after. No. And that goes kind of to my second point of reevaluating your business structure, because I feel like now the ways in which that I would go after business would be very different now than it was even s- several months ago, mm-hmm. 
But I don't want to just specifically talk about my business per se, because I really don't want this to be just about me. Yeah, me I'm neither. Just, I, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure our listeners don't either. They're probably like, okay, Phil, get on with it. What are oh, you going to teach me? It. You know, that's the one thing about anyone out there engaged about to be married. Um, th- this is what, what you, you mean, get engaged to. about to be, we've been married for 10 years. I know that. But what I'm saying is what jump ship. No, I was not going to say that. <laughs> what I was going to say was you will always have somebody there to be very honest with you. Well, sometimes you need to be brought down and honesty wow, and transparency. F- <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm not saying you're being like I know. egotistical. I'm just saying. Stop talking hey, about let's, yourself. Let's, let's stop talking about you and no, I'm talk gonna, about I'm how gonna other draw people. from examples, but from my experiences, I want to draw parallels. And if anybody can get... I value out of that. Yes. You know, because the other hard, difficult thing about having, being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and having your own business is eventually you need to give yourself a raise. Right. And how do you do that when you've had the same pricing structure year over year over year? That you do it incremental. You do it incremental, but then at some point you really have to take stock of how you're billing people to. Mm-hmm. Because... Do you mean like the breakdown, like how you the show breakdown, it but on also an invoice? The structure because, because I mean, in, in what I do, you could bill people flat rate. Right. Or you can bill hourly. Hourly, right. Up to this point, I've billed people flat rate. For, per job. Per job. I, I, I give an estimate on a job. I say, this is how much the job will take to complete. Yeah. And we go from there. Yes. And a lot of other designers, whether they're, you know, digital print, web designers, Anyone who provides any kind of service, they will be able to tell you just as much as I can that billing at flat rate really doesn't give urgency to the client to That's say, right. okay. Well, to make a decision. Yeah. That, that decision making is really low on their priority list. They sit on things. And, and the, the experience I had this year that really, really bugged me in that regard and made me realize like a light bulb went off saying, okay, I need to change my billing structure. Not so much my rate, like the, the rate right. can equate over to hourly. I could break it down. I could do the math. It's fine. But, but basically how you sell that service to someone right. is what it comes down to. Because on a number of occasions I've had clients um, sit on jobs. And when I say that, I mean... It's like months and months before they yes. email you back. Yeah, and it goes the same with any other any other designer out there. They they can attest to this. As designers, we send things back to clients for approval, mm-hmm. and they sit on them. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here waiting now. If I was somebody who was only an entrepreneur and I didn't have my my day job, that career, to not know when that billing is coming in, yeah, to not have that deadline set, and with flat rate, there's no urgency in the client to get the project moving. Yeah, I could not live like that. No, and because the thing is, is as a client buying a service, you need to also think, how would that make me feel? Wouldn't I want my money right away? Wouldn't I want to get this job wrapped up? Don't I want to get my yes business no. rolling? See, the one thing I've noticed is, and again, it depends on, on, on the type of client that you have. I find typically with bricks and mortar clients, yes, they do. They want to get moving. They, they want, want to get going fast. right away. Nowadays, everybody's an entrepreneur in their mind. Anybody that's, that sits in front of their computer and sees an idea on social media and thinks, hey, I could do this, I could do right. that. And they come to me not knowing what they're asking for. Right, because they don't have a clear vision themselves yet. Not even a clear vision. People don't understand still. What you do? No. <laughs> they come to me 
asking for a logo and I fucking hate that question. I know. Hey, can you design me a logo? From now on, I'm going to say no. I'm here to build you a brand. I'm not here to design you a logo. Yep. Designing a logo is, is one fragment of, of that entire branding process. Yeah. So, I mean, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but I mean, um, the billing and giving yourself a raise thing, changing the pricing structure in that regard creates urgency for the client. Now, in turn, you might find that flat rate, when you break it down to hourly, you are doing that job for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make any sense. So at that point, then you have to establish hourly rates. Yeah. Now, because I do multiple avenues, print, digital, broadcast, all that kind of stuff, I can't have the same hourly rate for each one. Right. Everything changes. And let's say broadcast, for example, I'm not going to charge the same hourly rate shooting video than I would editing video. Yes. They would be two very different things. So in that, I would have to think, okay, now does my hourly rate reflect me giving myself at least a cost of living increase for the year? Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to scare off clients? Are they going to look at these hourly rates and say, I don't see why it's costing this much? Right. Because that is what happens. Then they're not, then they can find someone else that's in their budget. Which is true. There's a wide because variety the of budgets is, out there. Is like, but the, I mean, the main message I'm trying to hammer home is don't shortchange yourself because you're afraid of not getting a certain client. Right. You know, would you rather do a lot of work at a very low rate or and burn your, and potentially burn yourself out and burn yourself out. Yeah. Then you're no good to anybody. Then you're not producing the, the, the best work to your ability. Or would you rather do less work for a better rate and have your, your substantial time be, clients? Yeah. Well, not just that your time be valued more, right? Because time is valuable. Time is the only commodity that there is no, um, it, it's not in excess of, right? There is no unlimited amount of time. Mm hmm. And how we spend that time is important to us. And I think when we sit here and we drag on with clients over and over again, and they don't have that sense of urgency, then eventually all that stuff just piles on. And then you run into a situation where you have multiple clients all of a sudden wake up one day and they yeah. all do this. They all, t clients typically do this on Mondays. Yes. You know, they don't say anything to you on a Thursday or Friday. They go the weekend, do whatever. And they wake up on Monday and they all email you Monday saying, oh yeah, I finally got it. Um, here's the changes I have. Can I get it back today? Yeah. And then you have that times however many clients you and have. And you're like, uh, no. No, exactly. <laughs> you sat on this for several months, but you want me to turn it around in several hours. Mm -hmm. You know, where's the disconnect there? Yeah, but as an entrepreneur, bill for your time and bill what you're worth. Exactly. Not Don't be afraid to bill what you're worth because... You and, might, and, I mean, and, and people might be afraid, oh, I'm not going to get any work. But you will get work, but you'll, and you'll mm -hmm. get the right work. Here's an interesting question. See, I have established hourly rates for myself. And I'm not going to go into what they are now. But let's say I, I, I bill for X amount of hours for a job. Okay. And I, I know this to be true because I've actually said this to a client or a potential client uh, a few days ago. And they asked me what, oh, you switched to an hourly rate. Okay, well, what, what's the rate? And I told them. And I said, my hourly, my hourly rate is this. And they said, oh my God, that's, that's, that's so expensive. That's way out of my budget. Right. And I said, okay, but the job you're asking me to do will take roughly about three hours. Mm -hmm. So what you're spending in that three hours is the exact same what that previous job costs you. Right. As a flat rate. Yeah. The only difference is that flat rate job took 
about a dozen hours to complete. Mm-hmm. And then the response was, okay, but then if it's going to take you less time, why should I pay the same amount? And that's an interesting question. Right. My response is, you're not paying me to do this longer. Right. Why would you want me to drag this out? You're paying for my my... abilities and my knowledge. Yep. If I can achieve the same result in three hours that someone else can in 12 hours, Mm -hmm. and you pay the same amount, Mm -hmm. aren't you better off then for getting getting it quicker, getting your service done quicker and out there to be seen faster? Yep. So I, I, I do, what bothers me a lot is this misconception that, oh, this is a good project. This is good work because it took him 12 hours to do. Yeah, no. As opposed to, oh, it only took you two hours. You should actually be impressed that it only took <laughs> two hours. Right. You know? So I, I find that people's perceptions of how time is spent is very, very skewed. But the thing is, is if you're going to hire somebody... Yes, like it's their ability, but you're but then, like you're hiring someone for their knowledge and because you know that they're good. Don't right. expect to get it for a fraction of the cost when if you were to compare two people, yeah. And if you know somebody's work is way better than the others, well don't you think you're going to pay more for that person that's better? Well, and here's the other thing. So these people that say to me that have said to me, "Well, why is it only going to take you that amount of time?" They're the same people mm-hmm. that have said to me, how fast can I get this? Yeah, exactly. So now you're speaking out of both, both sides, sides of your mouth. Again, this is where you don't know what you want or you don't know what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. So, or they just ask what, they, what suits them at that time. Right. So long story short, bill what you're worth. Because the right it, people will come along. Exactly. It will make sense. And you also have to climatize to the changes as well. So redirect your business. Don't expect that like, you know, with stores closed, how are you still going to generate revenue if you're closed? You have to be innovative and you might have to spend a little bit of money. I know it's tough times, but Mm -hmm. there might be things that you need to do in order to make that money and to keep afloat. You know, the interesting thing is I've had, I've had previous clients ask me for Oh, what programs do you use? What do you, how do you do this? Yeah, because they that? want to so try and do it themselves. Me for my, I'm, so I'm sorry. So I'm supposed to tell you how, Hand I, over. Yeah, how, I, how I pull the rabbit out of the hat? Mm-hmm. How I saw the woman in half? No. No. You're just supposed to see that it happened. You're not to know how it happened. Yeah. I'm the one who spent years learning to make that happen. I'm yeah. not going to tell you in five minutes how that, how that happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't if I wanted to. Yeah, I, I get that actually a lot more often than I even tell you. No, I know. I'm sure. I've, I've had people ask me for meetings to say, oh, can we sit down and talk about, you know, a strategy, a brand strategy? And now I've realized, okay, I'm, I'm giving this information away for free. Yeah, no, don't do that. I shouldn't be doing that. No, nope, I'm giving them knowledge. valuable information that contributes to the success of their business yep. or the potential success of their business. Right. Why am I giving that away? Yeah. So starting in 2021, and if, and if anyone else takes some value in, in what I'm saying, you know, give yourself, give yourself a time frame to start this. I mean, don't drop this on your clients tomorrow. No, you always want to be courteous and say, right. give them a heads up. Give them a heads up. And whether you do that as a social media announcement or direct emails, but you can create yourself a little mini campaign that says, you know, to better serve our clients. Because that's what it is. It is mm-hmm. to better serve your clients. It's better use of my time, but it's also better use of the client's time. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to be sitting there reviewing work hours and hours on end. 
they don't want to procrastinate and leave things to review when they have their own businesses to run as well. Yep. So don't be afraid to tell your clients that you're changing your structure and change it. Make sure you're getting what you're worth because this is your business. And they're not, well, and that, that's the thing is you got to look out for yourself. And if, if you have bills to pay. Well, that's just it. <laughs> like you got to make, got to make enough to survive. You're not just going to cut your, your slash your prices See, just because it's you feel just, bad. It's not just making enough to survive. It is not wrong in your mind to have goals to say, you know what? I've geared my business to try and make enough to get by for so long. Right. I want to do well. Right. I want to excel at what I'm doing. I, it's not to say, look, I, I'm, I'm not being greedy, but I want to be able to see the fruits of my labors. Yeah. And if that means, you know what? I'm worth more today than I was last year. Mm -hmm. Then reflect that. Everyone is entitled to do that. Look, no, there's no gun to your client's head. They don't have to use you anymore. If that's, that's not thing. in their budget, then that's fine and they can move on. And but I've if, even but said if they're going to gonna but if they're going to fight with you and be like, well, how come this and how come that? Well, how come you can't do it for this? That means they want you, but they don't right, want to pay the price. Pay. Exactly. So because it's I, like, sorry. And that's what I was going to say. I, I've gone into situations where I have said, you know, I no longer do this because I'm busy doing other things. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to recommend another designer or whatever yep. that can, that is, you know, can adequately help you and, and, and provide your needs. And then I was told, no, I don't want somebody else. I know. Okay. And that's the so, hard part. Well, that's when, no, you... it's not the hard part anymore. Oh, so now it's like, okay, so you're going to pay what I'm worth then if you only want me. That's just it. It's, and, and that's where your value comes into play. That's where your client sees your value, but they don't want to admit it. Right. And I get, because they have certain expenses, they have certain budgetary restraints. A hundred percent. And they're trying to get the most out of their, out of their dollars. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. But at the same time, just like they charge a certain amount for their product or service. Yep. And they're entitled to, to, um, determine whatever that is because mm -hmm. it's theirs. I in turn am also am able to do that. Yeah. And the hard part I find for some people is like if they sell tangible items, then right. it's easier to see value, the in that. value because yes. I can hold on to it versus something that's digital. Right. Or something that like even for, just I don't service. know, just any kind of service. Well, and the funny thing is, and we were talking to to one of uh, one of my clients, mm -hmm. who also has a podcast on this podcast network, the Fizz Podcast. Check them out on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict on Android. There's a plug. Um, you know, Cynthia Soda. She's a interior designer. She provides a service. Yes. Her knowledge is a service. Yes. And, and, and we had discussions even the other day, she came to drop something off and, and we sat there, the three of us for yeah having a good powwow, a good half hour almost, <laughs> you know, um, about this very topic. Yeah. Just about business. Right. And, and there were some parallels, very similar experiences and, and it's, it's kind of reassuring to know that there are other people in, you know, service industries that go through this. Yep. And you find it's those that have, have excelled over the, over the years and have grown in their business and they need to make these necessary changes for further yeah. growth. You know, and the thing is, look, do you find, cause I'm going to pose you this question now. Do you find people on the outside perceive 
wanting growth as greed? Do they confuse growth with greed? Because if I were to... I don't think so. See, the here's the thing. I think people know that they want to grow and they know other people want to grow. But the minute you have that success, then they think you're like an egotistical asshole. Oh, wow. That's what I think. Okay. I don't know. Like, I just think, so, I just think the, the jealousy comes in. I don't think it's greed. I, I think it's jealousy. jealousy either. So, I mean, is the perception on, so let's say, okay, I'll give you a scenario. Potential client A calls me okay. and says they want A, B, and C done, and I give them a price, and it's way out of their budget. Sure. And they said, well, you did this before for this amount of money. Yeah. And, but now for me, I see more value in myself over the years. I'm looking for growth. I want to grow. But your process is probably also a little bit different it now is. than it would it be back then is. too. So it's going to yep. be a little different. My process is absolutely different. And, and I had a conversation with a photographer that I know um, through, through my years in the industry. And they, and they said something very similar to me where he changed his pricing structure. Mm-hmm. He changes equipment to get that. Upgrades his equipment. I mean, we all have to account for that at some point. Yep. You know, we can't just spend on ourselves and not, you know, cover those costs at some point. And then we are, believe it or not, entitled to go beyond covering our costs so we can actually do what we were meant to do when we got into business in the first place. And that's make a profit. Right. It's funny how the perception that I've seen is if you're in a service industry, if you're providing a service like what I do, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to have a profit. They want to see their money needs to go to everything but you. Yes. For the most part. Not everyone looks at it this way, but, but the perception that I've seen. Whereas, but if it's a tangible item, profit is allowed. No, it's not. Look at how many people pick on Apple. Oh, they're just in it to no, make no, money. No, 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 no shit. No, no, no. That's, That's why anyone's different. in business is to make money. That's very different. Okay, Apple, so they're, they're at the very, very top of uh, of their mountain. Okay? Yeah. Everybody's Technology always looking mountain. to knock whoever's on top down a few pegs. Right. Doesn't matter what industry it is. Okay. True. Look, reality TV, okay, I'll give you an example. I can't stand the Kardashians, but they are the mm-hmm. kings and queens of reality television. That's right. How many people want that that show to end? Oh, I'm sure tons. Tons want to see it fail. But it won't. Nope. You know when it stops? When they decide it stops. That's right. Because they're that successful. Yep. And it pains me to say it, but it's true. No, no, of course. So it's it's not even that. It's, I feel like, and and you said it earlier, people see more value in tangible items than something that is not tangible. Yes which couldn't be further from the truth because you don't get these tangible items without everything that comes before that. Yes. Um, and that kind of goes into my next point was identifying your new business identity. So a brand strategy and a brand identity are two very, very different things. And the brand identity is who you are. Your brand strategy is how you run everything. So for starting out, I, what I did was very, very print-centric, very, very basic, very, very mon-pa-focused. And I don't want it to be that now. And I know there's a lot of people out there that that's, you start out that way. Of course. You need to grow at some point. So yep. it, don't be afraid to change who your target client is. Mm-hmm. Because that changes your growth. And you're going to face criticism for that too. I mean, I've had people, and again, another point that I had was facing criticism from potential clients who don't understand your worth. And we kind of alluded to that a little bit on our billing and, and giving yourself a raise. Yeah. 
Um, I, I've had that. I've had that happen even mid-project. There was, I think, last summer, it was a pair of individuals that each had their own business mm-hmm. and asked me to brand them and do everything and all that kind of stuff. Halfway through into that project, they actually questioned the billing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we don't think this is should be should be worth this much. <laughs> they actually thought the whole process should have been cheaper, and the reason why because I delivered it faster than I thought than they than they anticipated. That makes no sense. But that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. No, I know. So they're not understanding. They're not equating again what they spend mm-hmm. with time spent. Mm-hmm. They think the longer it takes. That's where their money goes, but they don't want you to take that much longer. Right. They want it done right away. Again, this is what I mean by clients don't understand the process and they don't understand what they're asking for. And then more times than not, you get compared to people who are cheaper than you. Yep. When they say, well, so-and-so does this or so-and-so is also a photographer and they shoot photos for... Do people actually think they're going to scare you into dropping your price all because so-and-so has it cheaper? Some people do. Some people because they really don't want to lose that opportunity... Oh, I'd say good riddance. I don't need you. <laughs> right. But somebody just starting out looking for experience might think differently. They might think, okay, they might. just to get something out there, especially if you have no portfolio, yeah. whether you're a photographer or a writer But then that's just being bullied. Like that's just... Absolutely. That's just being a But that's a tactic. That's a like, business tactic though. No, I know. But like... It's called negotiating, Alexis. No, it's called being an asshole. <laughs> what side of the bed did you wake up no, on today? No, but like I get... Okay, I get negotiating, but do it at the beginning. That's when negotiate. You don't. You Where's don't. You don't Where's buy a car. Thing? You don't buy a car and then negotiate ha- after a month. Hey, can no. you knock off some money? No, you don't do that. But yeah, but you can leave after that. You can leave, but so can a client leave you. Mm, not if they sign a contract. No, but once the project is done, just like what, just like a term of an insurance company. Yeah, but then they're not going to negotiate a price after that. It's already been. It's already no, been signed. No, not with you. Maybe with somebody else. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why you get everything signed up front, so then they've agreed and like, actually, I have your signature. Too mm-hmm. bad, pay. And if you don't, I'll charge you interest. That's my Italian wife. <laughs> it happens a lot. The the mid job negotiation more more than I ever thought it would, mm-hmm. and especially as. I've gone further into my, my career. I see it more. But being compared to your cheaper competition or any competition, I mean, you're going to get compared to, oh, well, so-and-so does it for this price, so-and-so does it for that price. Okay, well, Mercedes makes a car and so does... Ford. Ford. You know, they both make cars. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both vehicles. Yep. But why is the SUV more than the other one? Yeah. You know, there's a big difference. Well, and there. that's why it's up to you to, like, you, when you're... An entrepreneur, you have to sell yourself. You have to you tell do. someone why they should invest in you, right? Right. So you have to give, here's my value, here's what sets me apart, and then people agree to that. Well, all that is in your... Or disagree, me. whatever. All that is in your brand strategy, your brand yeah. identity, and all that kind of stuff. But I think the, the biggest thing is to go into a lot of these negotiate client negotiations with confidence. You can't go in there... Scared and like, oh, I hope I make the scared. sale. What I see, I, I am no longer open to negotiation with price. I mean, people can attempt to negotiate with me. I will not budge. I would rather lose the potential opportunity yep. than even begin to negotiate my, my, my rate. Because especially now, what we've learned this last year, and I think a lot of people can, can kind of speak to this. A lot of entrepreneurs, they don't know when their business will end. Right. Right now, especially things are very volatile. Yeah. And you could be closing your door tomorrow. Yep. So 
I don't think anything is up for negotiation at this point. Right. Because um, it's like a do or die situation. It, is. it absolutely is. And and if you don't want to pay what I'm what I'm charging, fine. Yeah. Go somewhere else. And like obviously you get everyone has a budget, but if you're desperate and you or if you need Right. If you need that branding in order to survive, then you I don't know, you find a way to do it. Yeah. But it's not even it's not even even just my my industry and branding and all that kind of stuff. It's anybody else. I mean, if you if you are dead set on your service and your price and you do not want to negotiate, you do not have to. Right. If someone's coming to you, you hold the cards. That's right. You absolutely are not required to drop your price for anybody. That's right. Now, I agree. If you're going to somebody else, different story. That's right. Yeah. If you're offering your services mm-hmm. and somebody says to you, well, it's a little bit out of my price range, then you need to adjust and say, yeah, okay, but then well, that's when you have a strategy and maybe right. oversell and then really drop it to the price that you would actually charge. Right. So right. it seems cheaper. Right. I mean, I've been doing this now, my business for 10 years and anyone else who's done it for that long or longer will tell you in the beginning, you're hunting. You're the one on the hunt. Yes. Looking for work. And then somewhere along the lines, it changes. Yep. And you are sought out. I have not had to look for clients five to seven years. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. I've even turned clients away. Mm -hmm. And so if you're coming to me, I'm sorry, I hold the cards now. That's right. And the same thing happens in the ad industry. What I've noticed is they like to try to, like clients sometimes... And they'll test the waters. You can't fault them for it. They'll test the waters. Okay, well, let's say it's not a price negotiation. Now it's a timing negotiation because, again, time is the other valuable commodity. Yes. So price could be good, but now we're negotiating time. And the other thing that people fail to realize, clients fail to realize with paying for a service is the time it takes to produce certain work. They don't... Initially, they don't understand, and that's fine. It's not their industry. But it's our job as entrepreneurs of services that provide these services to explain, and I usually outline it in my billing, Mm -hmm. is, okay, this will take this many hours, this will take this many hours, and this many hours, and these are ballpark estimates. Things can change those hours based on approvals, feedback, revisions, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But this is a rough estimate of time. And sometimes you get people say, well, that's going to take too long. But too long based on what? Right. Based on when you think you need it? Right. Or based on you think it'll take that long to do it? Because you don't have the foggiest clue if you're coming to me. Right. Because you're not in my industry. You have no idea what it takes to do this work. That's right. So now it's, you probably woke up at the 11th hour and realized I need this by yesterday. Right. Which is usually what happens. It is. And then when you come back and say, okay, but the reality is to physically do this work, it takes this much time. That's right. And that's, I think, aside from price, time is the biggest struggle as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that do this too. When they're uh, very early on is they'll, um, yeah, no problem. I'll do it. And they'll say to the client, oh yeah, I'll work on it tonight. Or I'll, I work evenings and weekends. I... They tell them these things. Yes. Don't tell the client you do that because the second you do that, you have now allowed them to contact you 24-7. That's right. I had that the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's Sunday. Was, yeah, today's yes, Sunday. Saturday. Saturday morning. I'm like, we'll talk, we'll talk during the week. Yeah. Business is closed right now. Yep. 
No, no, no. Yeah, no, you got to definitely establish those hours. And boundaries. Boundaries and are boundaries. important too. I didn't make a note on that, but that's very important is boundaries. You know, as you grow, it, you have to be prepared to, to work a lot harder than others for growth. Mm-hmm. But set your boundaries and establish those boundaries with your client and just ensure that everybody's respecting each other's boundaries. Because it's, right. it's a two-way street. I mean, just respect their boundaries too. If you need something from your client, like let's say I could be working at 11 o'clock at night because yep. that's when I find some time to do some work. If I have a sudden epiphany that I need to email my client and say, oh, I need this right now to finish this job. I'm not going to email or let alone call them at that time. Right. Maybe I'll schedule the email to be sent for nine o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I thought of this last night. I need this. Can I get this? Right. Whatever it is. So, you know, in turn, be respectful of your client's boundaries as well too. Mm -hmm. And then they'll more likely respect yours. Yep. If you're in a partnership or a marriage or whatever, there's only one of you that can be in an, like an entrepreneur. Both of you being entrepreneurs with children is very challenging. Right. Because it takes up so much time to develop your business. Mm -hmm. Like you might not be, um, working, working, but you're producing content for social media or you're trying to think up ideas and plan. Like for me with fitness, like you want to make all the programs or if I want to do digital fitness uh, or virtual fitness, then I need to film things and then that takes time. And then I need to ask you to edit it and, and you have your own stuff. So then it takes longer. And like, it's just like, I, I totally could have been super successful if I devoted all the time to it but that wasn't priority anymore you're saying you're not successful i'm successful well there you go but i'm not self-made successful well but well, okay of, personal oh, growth whoa, okay whoa, personal whoa, whoa. Growth. No, no 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 hold on a second but do you think you would be in the position you you are in now with a company you're with now had you not done what you did as an entrepreneur those experiences yeah because i'm good at what i do but that's what i'm saying no, it had Without nothing to do with ex- being an entrepreneur, no, though. No, 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 no. I'm saying the things that you were able to do and that you were exposed to during your time as an entrepreneur. I think it helped build my confidence. Thank I know you. That. But not just your confidence. No, no, no. Your ability also to understand certain aspects of your business that you didn't understand before. And I don't mean the fitness industry. Oh. I mean understanding how branding works. Understanding That's just what- from talking to you. No, 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 no. But also, but I was doing all of your branding. I know. You didn't just sit there and be like, okay, just do it and had no foggy idea what I was doing. <laughs> we sat and we talked it all through. I know. So you as an entrepreneur became self-aware of those things. And you took those lessons and you took those experiences with you to where you are now. Because I hear you every day when you talk about where you are now. Yes. You didn't talk like this 10 years ago. No, because you mature and you grow and you learn. Exactly. What I'm saying is you learn. And and it was self-development as well. But what I'm saying is, would you be in the exact same spot you are now had you not been an entrepreneur? Would you have the same amount of knowledge that you have now? No, I wouldn't have the same amount of knowledge. Okay. So, but like being a coach to a head coach and an educator, yeah, because I work my ass off okay, and people people is, notice that. But did all of your experiences as an entrepreneur help with where you are now? Certain aspects. It's a yes or no question. That's what I asked you. Did certain aspects of being an entrepreneur <laughs> contribute to your success now? Sure. Yes. It is like pulling teeth to get you to admit anything. So the answer is yes. Sure. 
The only other person in this world that... What? What? <laughs> like a Trump what joke. were you going to say? Oh, what? He's the only other person in this world that doesn't concede as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, to kind of wrap this up, because we've been... Oh, my God. We're going almost an hour and it doesn't even feel like it. Yes, it does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listening to it. <laughs> okay. Wait till we do part two of this and I have to sit and listen to you. <laughs> I'm going to be an asshole during yours. Good. Go for it. I'm going to be annoying. But, you know, we we kind of wrapped it up with acknowledging your your value as an entrepreneur. And that's what all of this kind of comes down to is self-assess everything. Yeah, I was going to say, start thinking about your brand and your business differently a little bit and what you can do to make it better. But not even that. And acclimatize. But that kind of goes into the strategy of it. I think before you even get to that point, take a step back and, and, and take a look at yourself and where you are now. Mm-hmm. And is that where you want to be? And if it is great, mm-hmm. absolutely great. But if you want growth, if you have had to face some certain tough decisions throughout the year, because you realize your business is changing and you need to adapt to those changes, then there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and looking at everything through a different lens and, and acknowledging you need to make some changes. And something to go along with that. If you're looking to hire people as well, and right. you're taking, you're saying take a step back, assess where those changes need to be made. Maybe you're weak at something. You need to hire someone that's strong at that. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So assess yourself and assess what you're good at or what you enjoy, and the things that you don't enjoy, the things you're weak at. That's what you hire for. Yes. You hire and, and somebody that's strong in those aspects to make your business run absolutely. better. Absolutely. The best leaders have always hired people that have far superior knowledge than they do in certain aspects of what they're looking. Exactly. I've seen people hire staff that, well, they can't be smarter than me. No, you should be hiring smarter than you. You want people smarter than you. Absolutely. You're there to lead them. Yes. You're not there to do the job that you hire them to do, so why not have someone who's better at it than you? That's right. I think this is where ego comes into play and people can't let go of that. But then you're shopping yourself from growth. Yeah. Now, it's one thing if you want things done a certain way, like if you have practices and, and procedures that you want in place, that's that's a whole different story. Then have them follow certain practices, procedures, and process. Say that 10 times fast. And, <laughs> you know, but that's being a leader though. Yeah. But, but hire people who excel at what they do. Mm-hmm. That will absolutely aid in your growth. But yeah, to kind of wrap things up a bit, to yeah. take a step back, look at things through through a different lens, be objective, don't be subjective when you look at things, when you look at your, your business. And don't be afraid to hurt people's feelings when it comes to your price, when it comes to your self-worth. You need to kind of take stock at that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And with that, we're going to sign off here and go you into... Suck at this. <laughs> oh, my God. No, well, what? No, no, you get good. I was going to say... I always, I always look listen, forward... No, tune into our second part of... You know what's funny? Can I tell you something before you do this? What? Whenever you sign off, I see you trying to... Like your brain <laughs> is trying turning. to read what, what you're pre-saying in your head because your eyes open up bigger. You do this. I know. So you're sitting here looking at me, right? And and I know nobody can see this, but you can see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's time to sign off, you go like this. And... <laughs> You know? I take a breath and I open my eyes. It's, yeah, you do. Yeah. You're, you're, you're almost like, is there something in my eye? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, nice. proceed. I was just going to say, we're going into <laughs> the second 
was against an episode of well that's kind of, of what... our two part second part okay second I'll, part I'll... of this two part podcast <laughs> oh, God. thanks for tuning in and if you haven't subscribed make sure to subscribe <laughs> what are you laughing at if you haven't subscribed make sure to subscribe to where you can find podcasts which is apple podcast addict or wherever you can find your podcasts soundcloud as well oh soundcloud yeah. yes all right, so we'll sign off here and listen in to number two. What's going to be our topic? Maybe we need to entice people to um, listen. Well, considering it's your topic. I know. <laughs> instead of you trying to rush through closing out this show, why don't we do this? What? You can kind of segue into what our next episode is, and I will wrap it up. How about okay. that? So next episode is going to be about how to advance in your career. It's pretty much about it. So... I don't want to go into it all because it's going to be yeah. in the second part. But how okay. to advance in your career. So if you feel like you're stuck. Now we're looking. Okay. Because we this episode was more about entrepreneurs. Yes. Where this is going to be more about empl- being employed by somebody. Right. So employees of. Yes. Bus- Ooh, I almost okay. my glass. <laughs> that would have been bad. Yes. Yeah. So it's so that's the good thing about this two-parter is the fact that it covers, you know, two very different aspects of business. And, and, and people who are looking to make some changes in the new year. Yeah. There you go. So sign off and listen to part two. So that'll do it for this episode from the entrepreneur's lens and uh, click on episode two. It is also available. If you don't see it on your feed right now, just refresh it because we are dropping both episodes at the same time. Woo. Oh my God. I can't, I'm just shutting this off now. Woo. <laughs> 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 It's like you're like the old man in um, in in, in uh, Mr. Deeds, or in the hallway. Oh. Ooh.